0: All right, guys, we know you love the Chargers, but you also probably love saving money, too. And Mercury Insurance can help you with that because Chargers fans save an average of $769 with Mercury. That'll get you great seats for the next game and jerseys for the whole family, too. So what are you waiting for? Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com to see how much you could save. It only takes a few minutes to switch, and it could save you a lot of money. Don't wait. Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com. Savings info based on 2019 California Department of Insurance Rate Comparison Profile 38A. Individual savings may vary. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Final Drive, presented by Mercury Insurance. A disappointing loss. Chargers drop one to the Broncos 2013. Monday after the game, here with ESPN's Eric Williams, Chargers team reporter Haley Elwood. Hey, guys, I think point blank, this was over right from the start. Just the, the Broncos... March down the field, kind of set the tone.
1: Yeah, they scored on three of the first four possessions. Um, basically, defensively, they they couldn't figure out how to stop them initially, although the second half obviously was much better, and they only gave up three points and really allowed uh, the Chargers at least to have an opportunity offensively to get back into it. But, yeah, I just think uh, Denver's you know, 15 first scripted plays, they really had an idea of how they wanted to – Attack the Chargers defensively and, and were very uh, lethal in how they did that.
2: To me, it kind of goes back to the fact of, and we heard this all week, the Broncos were 0-4, the Chargers had been 0-4 before, mm-hmm. and they knew what it was like two years ago to go into MetLife Stadium 0-4 with really nothing to lose yep. and try to win. Yep. And that, to me, was sort of indicative of just what happened yesterday. You had the super hungry Broncos team just backs against the wall, a divisional opponent and they, they took care of business.
0: First three plays for Denver went for 26, 21, and 12 yards. Seven-play drive, 75 yards, touchdown by Phillip Lindsey. Their next possession, that 70-yarder to Cortland Sutton, a couple of missed tackles there. You put yourself in a 14-0 hole. And, Haley, you and I talked about this on Friday. The Broncos had not forced a turnover mm-hmm. all season long. Three turnovers, one crucial one at the end of the first half, yeah. one in the end zone by Phillip you can't win games that way.
1: No, and I, I really think that's been the issue all year: is their ability to protect the football. Uh, the Chargers, uh, from two yards and in through five games, they've had four turnovers. Entering Sunday's contest, I think the rest of the league had three turnovers in those situations. So that's kind of indicative of where they're at right now. Uh, since Anthony Lynn's taken over, when Philip doesn't turn it over, I believe they're they're fifteen and two when Phillip has at least one turnover, they're eight and 12. So really it's about taking care of the football. You know, as Pete Carroll likes to say, it's all about the ball. Uh, The Chargers right now I think have eight turnovers through five games. They had 19 turnovers through the entire season last year. So they were averaging just over a turnover a game last year. Right now they're averaging nearly two turnovers a game. So uh, if they start to value the football, I I think – They'll start winning these close games and really start to make teams beat them instead of kind of giving the, the game away to other teams.
0: And Haley, just a little context into that Eckler fumble. I like the call, first of all, mm-hmm. because you're down a couple scores. Yeah. you know. So I like the call to try to get to seven, get the ball back in the second exactly. half. Exactly, right? it was at the end of the half. And, and the Eckler fumble, had he not fumbled and didn't get in, it would have been the same result, right? Mm-hmm. So he was stretching to try to make a play. That's so right. I think I think that's fair. You know, it, it was a fumble, it was a turnover. At the same time, had he not gotten in, it wouldn't have mattered anyway.
2: And he said that in the locker room after the game, and Coach Lynn had a conversation with him again about stretching. But he's like, that's the situation I was put in, you know? My instinct is to go and, and reach and, and do my best to actually score. And, and ultimately, it didn't happen, and... It's a bummer that it didn't happen. But on the flip side of this, too, the Chargers defense forced two turnovers, but nothing came of those. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem, too. When you have, you know, Uchenna strip sack, which JB recovers, that leads to a missed field goal. The Kaiser interception on the ensuing offensive drive ends in the Phillip interception. And And you had
1: the ball at the one-yard line.
2: Right, right. So that's a bummer, too.
1: Yeah, sudden change situations, and like you said last year, they had been pretty good in those mm-hmm. sudden change situations. Either when they got the ball going and scoring, or defensively when they gave up a turnover, you know, at least holding the team to yeah. a field goal. And and you're right in those situations through the first five games, it, it hasn't been the same.
0: There was a little part in the second quarter to a six point swing. Philip Rivers, with an intentional grounding, moves his kicker back, Chase McLaughlin, ten yards, misses that forty eight yard field goal. Denver goes down. They kick three. And it's good. So that six-point swings, little things yeah. in this game. And all that being said, Eric, Desmond King gets that punt return yeah. for a touchdown, and they're somehow still in the ballgame.
1: Yeah, they're right there. As Philip said, um, you know, he felt like they were going to have an opportunity to at least tie the game at the end with the football. They had that opportunity. They just weren't able to capitalize on it. But that was a, a big play by, by Desmond uh, to give them some momentum when they really needed it. Um, but just – Again, not able to capitalize on it.
2: I actually talked with Desmond last week, something we did a ride along, but this came up. He played running back in high school along with defensive back and said that he loves being able to have the ball in his hand. And so I think you saw that on that punt return touchdown. He said he grew up idolizing Barry Sanders. He grew up in Detroit. So when he gets that opportunity, to me, that was so indicative of the conversation that we had last week. And it was very cool to see it all kind of come to fruition.
0: He's just so instinctive. And it Mm -hmm. reminded me of the Pittsburgh game where he had that punt return for a touchdown. And that really kind of got the Chargers really, really rolling into that fourth quarter to eventually beat the Steelers. But just not enough in this game. If there is a silver lining to any of this, and again, I, there's not many you can take from Sunday, <laughs> but I will say this. You don't play another division game mm-hmm. until like week 10. Yeah. So slowly but surely, hopefully you get some bodies back. Hopefully you get a Derwin James back. You get a Hunter Henry yeah. back. And in the meantime, you have to win now starting in Pittsburgh or w- against Pittsburgh. Uh,
1: against Pittsburgh, they're going to be playing I'd likely their third their team uh, quarterback in that game nationally televised contest. Um, you're right. There's there's a lot of the season left. You know, it, it feels like we're at game 10 with, with, <laughs> with what's happened yeah. through five weeks. But, you know, you still have 11 games left. Um, you know, a lot of time to kind of get back into it. Um, you know, Kansas City lost. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like Kansas City was going to lose all year the way no. they were
0: playing. It um, looked like Indy found a blueprint.
1: Yeah, per- perhaps. And so you're only two games back in the division and so you have opportunities, obviously, to get back into it, starting with the Steelers. Uh, and there, and again, when you look at the schedule, a lot of winnable games coming up. Obviously, uh, Steelers at home, Titans on the road, although, you know, it, you got to go on the road to beat them, and they're a solid team defensively. Still, that's a winnable game. I think the Bears is a winnable game on the road, even though, again, they're a good team. Um, so you just kind of have to go out there and, and, again, take care of the football, make teams beat you.
0: So the running game, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler combined for 15 carries, 38 yards. Going into this game, especially when you get number 25 back, he's the guy you're expecting to kind of help milk the clock, Mm -hmm. get first downs, control the ball. And albeit it's his first game back, to get 15 carries between these two, uh, it seemed like they just couldn't get the ball down the field either. Uh, There was a lot of dump-offs to Austin Eckler. He had 15 receptions, which, you know, you that's, look at it, that's, that's great, right? It was for 86 yards. Yeah. So it's a lot of dump offs and not a lot of sustained success.
1: Yeah. Philip talked about that after the game how, you know, he has a lot of respect for Vic Fangio, Denver's head coach, as a defensive coordinator. And he's a guy that he has, um, I don't want to say struggled with, but uh, definitely has been challenged in the past when he's faced Fangio led defenses going back to San Francisco.
0: And Von Miller, too, Eric.
1: And I mean, Von Miller, add to that one of the best defensive players in the game. He knows that he's going to be constantly getting pressured uh, from Miller. Uh, so I think all that kind of worked into that and kind of played into their struggles offensively. Obviously, they don't they don't score a touchdown in that game. Um, I think ov- the other thing that um, maybe I didn't think about going into it uh, but, but was obvious was how you're going to work Melvin back into an offense that was really functioning pretty well yeah. without him. But now you kind of feel, um, I don't know if obligate is the, is the right word, but you want to get Melvin to, to feel a part of the offense. And you could tell that initially, like they were feeding him the ball to try to get him going. I mean, he's out there the first play of the game. Um, and, and I don't know how many touches he ended up with. I think it was 18 maybe.
0: He had 12 carries and he had uh, four receptions, so 16 touches.
1: Okay, so they're they're trying to get him involved and now you kind of look at it, maybe he should have been more of a complimentary piece into the offense and, and kind of worked him in slowly. He hadn't played football, as as Philip mentioned, since January. He hadn't really had anybody hit him since January. And you could tell he had a little bit of rust. Obviously he wanted to play well, um, but maybe they would have been better served to kind of have him take on more of a complementary role and even play Tremaine a little more. I don't think Tremaine got any offense snaps. Oh. mm mm-hmm.
0: Keenan Allen, too, four for 18. Very quiet game, six targets, and a couple of those catches came early.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what good defensive coordinators do, though. They take your best player away and say, make you play left-handed, basically. You beat us with somebody else, you're not going to beat us with Keenan Allen. And I think, um, you know, Philip talked about that, too, after the game, that they really kind of closed down Keenan and were forcing the ball to go other places. Forcing the ball, basically, to go short and then rallying to the football.
0: So we, we move to Pittsburgh, third string quarterback likely, uh, but again, you know to get to three and three, it, it's it's hard. It's, at some point, you can't just be volleying back and forth to above five hundred, back to five hundred, game below five hundred. You have to figure out a way starting against the Steelers.
2: Yeah, this team's obviously they've been tested before. They've been in situations like this before. But I think every year that they've been tested like this, it's how do they overcome? And they've been able to do that in recent history. I think this week, and I think actually these next few weeks, especially with going on the road, like Eric said, for two after this, a big test for this team and their culture and their morale, I believe, in terms of just kind of getting everything together. And I think in speaking to Melvin, it kind of goes back to when we had that. uh, We did the podcast, I believe, after was it the Houston game where it was just talking about getting guys who hadn't been parts of the offense or parts of the team back into the fold and reworking that chemistry. And Mm -hmm. I think the Melvin chemistry will build as time goes on. And I think I agree with you, Eric, that part of it is just needing to work him in, in some way. And that's what it was on Sunday. But, but ultimately I just think, you know, it'll be really interesting what happens over these next couple of weeks and they can't look too far ahead. I think it's like a one week at a time situation and it starts Sunday.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that part. You really have to focus on this game and figure out how to beat this team first before you can talk about getting on a two-game winning streak or a Mm three-game winning streak. So, you know, if you're Coach Anthony Lynn, you're really focusing on how do we beat the Steelers. And then I think longer term, you have to figure out how to create the identity you established last year Mm -hmm. when you were 12-4. and What was it that made you successful and made you have the ability to win close games? Um, and again, I think it's taking care of the football mm-hmm. um, and not trying to do too much and just everybody kind of playing their role and not trying to do anything outside of, of what they're they're obligated to do within the scheme.
2: How
0: do you explain the, the penalties, touchdowns called back because of penalties, explain some of these turnovers in, in the end zone? Coach talked about this at the beginning of the year, controlling the things you can control. Yeah. And, and I think penalties have really uh, been a bugaboo of this team. They only had four on Sunday. But the turnovers especially, when you you don't get any points at the end of the first half, then the defense gets you a turnover, you're at the one-yard line, you don't get any points because you throw an interception.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate to go to Bill Belichick, but – what they emphasize in New England and the entire region. Do your is, job?
0: Do your job. Yeah.
1: I mean, don't do anything outside your job. And, and a lot of that are, are their effort plays. You know, look at the the Justin Jackson run. You know, Dontrell was trying to make a play to make sure that he got mm-hmm. in, and maybe he did a little too much. Maybe he's just pulled back. I mean, he already had 60 yards. Um, the same thing with the Tevi block. I mean, he had his guy blocked out of the play. The guy turned on him, and then he ended up getting the blocking in the back, which, you know, again, was a little suspect. But You know, literally it was blocking in the back. Yeah. Uh, The Eckler fumble. He's trying to extend, trying to make Mm -hmm. a play. You know, he fumbles. The Phillip Rivers interception. He's trying to fit it into a small window. He's trying to make a play, trying to bring his team back. So, again, I think it's just kind of do your job, you know, make the plays within the framework that you're supposed to make them.
0: I don't know if Philip talked about this. There was like there's like this blind spot, shaded spot in that end zone. And yeah. it's like I don't know if you see a couple guys there and you yeah. think one of them's your guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not making excuses by any stretch, but like there is like a sunny spot of the end zone and then there's like this shaded area where there was three guys. Uh-huh. I don't know if Philip maybe you know, he'd maybe have to he, speak maybe he lost that guy. Maybe in he there. lost that, that guy in there. a bit.
1: Yeah. yeah it's certainly a possibility. But again, if you're not sure you know, throw, don't throw, throw, it. throw it. Five rows into the stand and kick the field goal. Yeah, yeah.
0: Chase McLaughlin outside that missed kick, pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I, I thought he was pretty solid. Um, it was interesting watching him at halftime. During the halftime entertainment show, he was out there working on his field goals. <laughs> so I mean, that with text,
2: the dancers, with the dancers, and you
1: know the mariachi band playing. Yeah. Uh, but that, that tells sources you. tell me he was actually in the halftime show. Eric, so he
2: trust him. <laughs> he,
0: <it> was, <laughs> he, he, he was supposed to be there, well, right? He kind of became part of the halftime show. <laughs> uh,
1: but you know that, that just tells you how much it means for him that he wants to be out there and he wants to make sure that he's doing what he needs to do in order to be successful. So it's not on him. In terms of whether or not he he doesn't make a kick, and and you're right. Other than the the 48 yarder, which was short, um, you know he did his job. I thought he was pretty good on the kickoffs as well. Um, so you know if he if, if he they roll him out there for another week, and um, I would imagine they have you know confidence that he can go get the job done.
0: We're about to hear from Coach Lynn at his Monday press conference. Uh, we'll put a bow on this one, Haley. Any final thoughts from uh, what we saw yesterday?
2: I think final thoughts just. Put it behind you and move on to Pittsburgh. I think ultimately, as much as you can't look ahead, too far ahead, I mean, you also can't look too far back at this point. And I think this team, I think the best thing for them is to just learn from this and move on and close that week five chapter and move on to week six. And and hopefully it's a better outcome.
1: Yeah, week to week league, play. Just yeah. Next games, Pittsburgh, focus on them. Whatever happens in that game happens, and then you get on to the next week, and then you get ready for that opponent. Um, I don't think you can you can dwell on the past yeah. because it, it, it is what it is. You can't change it. Uh, all you can do is really focus on your next opponent and making sure you're taking care of that business uh, so that you can ultimately have an opportunity to, to reach the postseason for a second straight year.
0: Yeah, and if you look at the Steelers and think, okay, this is a potentially a third-string quarterback, No. He, really? kept a minute. he kept a in it. He kept a in it, and they had a good chance to beat yeah. the Ravens. And, and the Ravens are a good football team. And really, good defense. A and really and yeah. good defense. They have a really good defense, too. So this team's not going to look ahead, but we can, right? Because Pittsburgh, home, then you're on the road for two weeks mm-hmm. against Tennessee and Chicago, and then – I believe it's Green Bay At right home. after yep. that. Okay, so we got a stretch coming up mm-hmm. and, and I think it's going to have to start on Sunday to to really get things back on track. So, we'll see what happens. Uh we'll keep you guys locked in throughout the week with Playmakers, with Chargers Weekly, Final Drive with Eric Williams. Always a joy to have Eric Williams. Uh-huh. But
2: <laughs> he sounds so thrilled. What's
0: the record Monday. What's <laughs> What's our record with Eric Williams on the pod though, you know? Am I over still? No, I think you, no. Are, is we,
1: do we, I think I'm still over.
0: Did we win last week and not have you on? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> That's your fault.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see what happens this week. We're going to see what happens this week. But no, it's always great having Eric. Always appreciate his insight. For Haley Wood, I'm Chris Haery. The Final Drive presented by Mercury Insurance.